everybody, Shell Brodnax here with another fantastic episode of Stager Talk. Because guess who's joining me today? You know her, I know her. The lovely, the vivacious, the brilliant, the effervescent, Shauna Lynn Simon. How are you? Oh my gosh, that's the most amazing introduction ever. It is so lovely to be here. I always enjoy these talks. I enjoy our talks too. And, and just so everybody else knows, we just have not had an opportunity um, to be able to get on a face-to-face -face Zoom call, let alone for Stager Talk. But on occasion over the years, we've said, you know, hey, do you want to do lunch today? And we're yeah. fixing our bologna sandwiches and your vegetarian hummus sandwich. <laughs> yep, exactly. And we do lunch and, you know, it's a, it's a great way to connect. I love, I love connecting with like-minded people that, uh, you know, it's about sharing ideas and collaborating and just supporting each other. You know, just that sometimes you just need to talk to someone who can yes. confidently say, you've got this. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, what's funny. You guys are going to see the interview coming out soon, but I did a stager talk yesterday with Gloria Mayfield Banks. <laughs> little fangirl, little fangirl. Yep. I, let me tell you something. Don't get me wrong. I have loved all the celebrities that I have interviewed and, but I am not a big fangirl. They just usually people I don't like gush over. Yep. Um, Barbara Corcoran, I did have some nervous eye rolling in the beginning when I first started talking to her because I was just a little bit nervous, but she was so genu genuine and, and generous with, yeah. you know, her being, um, she made it really easy. Um, but let me tell you, Gloria Mayfield Bank, she was everything that I, that I thought she'd be and more. And when I was done with the interview, I was so high last night, just, just vibing off of her energy still. It, it reminded me of retreats that you and I have both been on with like-minded women because we we're into the sisterhood. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, oh my God, it just makes me want to get together another group of high, high leveled women. I want to sit on a sofa with this lady and I want to share a bottle of Chardonnay and eat some brie, maybe some pimento cheese, order some Chinese in and just sit and just talk about life and men and women's issues and politics and business and the law of attraction and just you name it. Oh. And you know that what? I know this is going a little bit off topic, but what we're going to talk about tonight, but it, it really can't be said enough that you, you are a product of who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And I have made such a concerted effort over the last decade plus to really be very mindful of who I'm spending my time with, who gets my energy. Yes. And I, I love hanging around with people who are smarter than me for starters. They will always raise you up and people that are genuine. And I have found some of my best friends have come directly out of my business relationships yeah. of someone that I've met somehow through business. And we've just connected on a level that we just, you know, share positivity and also share those down moments, but it's just nice to have a person to talk it out with. My running partner, I've been running every week for, for two years now since the start of COVID, uh, and he's an, a local small business owner as well. We run completely different companies, but we have similar challenges at times, and I don't always need someone to fix something, but it's so refreshing to speak to someone who just understands exactly all the things that you're feeling. And so being able to sit down and have that glass of wine or have a cup of tea with someone that you know is going to uh, support you and bring new ideas and insights, it has changed who I am. It yeah. is the reason for my success. And I cannot stress enough that if you feel like the people that you spend most of your time with are not raising you up, you need to go and find new people. Yep. And that doesn't mean you right. lose the old ones. You don't right. lose the old ones. They just take up less space. Yeah. And they're less of a, a, a resource for you. You don't need to seek them as a resource because, you know, it's not that they're bad people, yep. no bad intention, but if it's not feeding your soul and helping you grow in some way, professionally or personally, you got to find, you got to find, uh, you got to find your own fertilizer, your own people to fertilize each other and to keep, exactly. the, keep it all growing and, and uh, I also like to, you know, hang out with people that are smarter than I am. But what's funny is when you get us all in a group of, of, of women together, we'll just say women, um, you get us all in a group, every single one of us will think, oh, she's smarter than I am. I look up to her and then other people will say it about me. And I'm like, what? You're, right. That's right. not what you want to do. 
that's not what you want. To do. <laughs> no. Well, and I think, and, and with that, then I think, you know, if you're, you've got to approach it though, too, that you're giving as much as you're taking. And I think that's something that I know we have found over the years. There are people that, yeah, they're going to look up to others in their industry. Um, and, and that's, that's great. Yeah, of course you should admire and be inspired by people in your industry, but never put any of them up on a pedestal. That's so unreachable because yeah. you will underestimate what you have to give to them. Yes. You will get more from your relationship with them. If you are also giving them something Absolutely. and you might not realize what that is, but if you have a genuine conversation that is not selfishly centered of like, oh, I'm going to get these answers to these pressing questions I've had for years. And now I've got this person's ear and I'm just going to get all these answers and instead just have a conversation. It's amazing the things that you will get, but also things that you can give. Yeah. You, you, everybody's got something that they need. And when you're vibing with somebody, if, if you're open, exactly like you said, it'll be a give and take. It'll be nice. Yeah. If I had all of the answers, I wouldn't enjoy those conversations so much. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers either, but (laughs) I love talking about the answers and the possibilities. That's the other thing. I like to talk about possibilities. It might be something, not be something that's an exact strategy, but let's work it out. Let's timeline it and see what it looks like and get some input on it and and help cultivate it. Again, this is like cultivation and fertilizer today. Not sure why that is on my mind. It's spring. It's spring. spring. You should have realized the seeds. Oh, planting the seeds. I have a note here. Can't. Oh my God. You can't change until you find how the seed was planted. That's what I've got written on my notes today from somebody else I spoke to. And that's what it is. Seeding. That's all right. We're good. I got it. I love it. I love it. So let's talk Risicon, July 21st to 23rd. You are going to be one of our speakers and you're talking about building your dream team with and without hiring. Um, Mm -hmm. There's uh, so much talk about this, and I know the Canadian laws vary a little bit differently from the U.S. laws, and thank goodness Shauna Lynn understands it all, so she's going to do it. Yeah, well, and I know you've got another great talk as well that's going to be specific about understanding like the 1099 versus the W-2 and all all those nuances, and what I'll be providing some best practices, but not legal advice on those, but just simply helping you to understand where you can outsource things versus what you need to bring in house because everyone's always looking at growing growing your company and building your team mean different things to different people they do this is true and so it depends on what your big picture essentially looks like in the end so i want to make sure that people realize there are options out there um but it is important ultimately to create a strategy, the long-term strategy, we got to start with the vision. And so you were, it was kind of a perfect lead into what you were just talking about of like, oh, it might just be an idea. It might not be a full out strategy or roadmap. You can't create the strategy and roadmap unless you know where you're trying to land. Yep. And a lot of people that I work with on building their team have, they all have the same mistakes in common. And I'm going to be covering a lot of these in this session, but probably one of the biggest mistakes is hiring the person that's there. And we settle, we're always settling. Well, it was a lot of work to do the interviews and do a job posting, but this person just showed up and they seem really creative and they seem really nice and they seem like a hard worker. And so I decided to hire them. Those aren't necessarily going to get you to where you're trying to go. They're going to fulfill a very short-term need. So I am someone, and I know Shell, you and I've talked about this, I can't be a a good business coach unless I have a business coach. So of course I have a fantastic business coach that I've been working with. And uh, I too am working to continue to grow my team. Uh, We've we're majorly expanding. We're about triple the size that we were this time last year. So uh, leaps and bounds of growth. And I'm not going to say it all hasn't been painful. Of course there's growing pains to growing pains. Uh, But one thing that my coach was talking about, and I love this, I've used this with my own team members. I had it happen recently my poor team, they're going to love that I'm talking about this stuff, but um, because of course they got to be the the subject of the conversation, but um, we are looking to bring on a new stager to our team. And one of the stagers said to me, she said, you know, it's it's a lot of work to train someone new on the team. And we're all kind of tired and it's spring market. We've got a lot going on. I don't want to overwhelm anybody. What do you think about that's just like not hiring someone right now? And I said, you know what? I can totally appreciate where you're coming from. The problem is that what you're thinking about is taking it the short, long way, and we're going to take it the long, short way instead. And this was something that my coach and I were talking about. And here's the difference between the short, long way and the long, short way. So they, she wants the short, long way. That means current temporary 
ease of pain, but it means that we're going to be in these circumstances of overwhelm for much longer because yeah. we know the solution is hiring that other person, but it's, it feels like, oh, but maybe if we, I can just, I can deal with this overwhelm. I don't want to add on anything else to it. And the biggest reason for that is we are, all humans are subject to that instant gratification desire because we cannot associate ourselves with our future self. How often have we put things off for tomorrow? Because that's tomorrow's person's problem. So like that's, that's Shauna Lynn tomorrow. I'm Shauna Lynn today. I don't, I don't care about Shauna Lynn tomorrow's problems. And then you get to tomorrow, you're like, why did I not do this yesterday? Yeah. Because you're going for, because the person I was thinking of that was dealing with it the next day, that wasn't me. And it's the same thing when you're looking months down the road, years down the road. It's one of the reasons why people get off track when it comes to health plans, because they cannot associate themselves with who their future being is. And so we naturally want to take the short, long way, which means that we're going to provide some temporary relief to ourselves or make things somewhat easy for ourselves now. But it leaves us in that cycle for a long time that we're never getting out of and we can't figure out why we can't get out of it. The long, short way means stopping to do things the right way and it's longer and it's harder, but it buys you so much relief at the end of that tunnel, at the end of that path. And so we have to start with what we're looking for in the future. And it's easy to disassociate ourselves from that person that it's not really real. And so instead we just like, ah, I just, I, I have so many stages. I just need a stage in a system. I'm just gonna hire this person. Well, if that person ends up slowing you down, you end up having to fire them in the end probably anyway. Maybe they broke a few things. Did they really save you anything? It right. felt like they were going to at the time, but they really didn't. So this is one of the biggest things that we're going to be talking about during this session is ensuring that you are getting the right people on your team, not just the next warm body. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also a mindset issue with people to understand that mindset, because what's challenging a lot of the times, I know, especially for us, I, I understand it, it, even it's, you can even look at that same concept on like a project basis it's like mm -hmm. you need to get something done. And it's like, okay. <laughs> is it's like, let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. If it's not quite perfect, just it's okay. Let's just get it done. And then you've got other team members are like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. We're going to take the time to do it. And so there's, and there's certain things that is okay. It's just like a lot of business coaches will tell you, say, look, just get started. Just do something. Apple yeah. doesn't release anything when it's perfect. You put it out yeah. there and then you're going to get a tech report that something crashed and then you can fix it. So there are times where that strategy is the strategy. Good enough has to be good enough. Good yes. enough has to be good enough. And then there's other times where it's like, no, this is going to be a train wreck if you try to launch first without being more complete and complete, I guess, is, is, is really what yeah. I'm I really It's about understanding the future. And understanding it all. Yeah, it's about understanding like what, what is the future repercussions of not doing it properly from the start. So to your point, there are certain things like, yeah, you know, it actually does make sense to release it, get some feedback on it, and then make some tweaks to it. Where the, whereas there's other things where like, oh, no, if you do that now, you're going to cause these 20 other issues. So while you short term solve like, oh, this is off my plate, you just caused a backlog down the road. So that's not necessarily going to be worth it for you. So it's about, yeah, weighing out what makes the most sense, but trying to find the balance of the, your long-term self versus your short-term relief. And I get it. I mean, all of us want to just feel good in the moment, you know, but sure. it's, we could it's a marathon. And wiggle our nose and just make it all happen. And I wish that'd be great. I also, I also hope that most people that are listening to listening or watching this understand who Samantha Stevens is they because there's a, <laughs> I have more than a few people on my team that I've made some references like that. And they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm like, what? Like I dream a genie. What? No, no. Um, and then of course the bewitched one. Yeah, bewitched. exactly. Samantha, Samantha Stevens, Stevens was bewitched. bewitched. Yes. She wiggled her nose. Yes. But I use the I dream a genie one all the time. And people always look at me like, I have two heads. Like, no, no. Yeah. Um, anyway, just, so, you know, a little older than. I'm a lot older than you. You're a little older than others. So it all we're gonna get we're gonna get them all educated, Sean Lynn. They're all gonna know okay. what it means. Yeah. That makes there's, sense. You know, there's a lot of apps out, out nowadays that uh, that showcase all those old old shows. But yeah, so uh, when it comes to building your team, yeah, I, I know Shell, before we um, started recording here, we actually were talking a little bit and one of the things that we discussed was the fact that um, I would love to say that I am going to give everyone like I've got the secret sauce. I've got the fail-proof plan. I can't sell anybody on that because at the end of the day, we are all hiring humans and humans are going to be, well, 
human. Yeah. And that means personalities. That means they're not robots. That means they have emotions and they have feelings and they have different skill sets. And they, they're going to have a family that is going to have an emergency that's going to screw up your day, or they're going to have, uh, you know, a doctor's appointment or whatever, you know, it's, they got to go let the dog out. Like there's always going to be something and they're always going to be like, everyone's just like, I want the team that's going to care about my company the way that I care about it. First of all, no one's ever going to do that. <laughs> Never going to happen. But I am tired of seeing people trying to build their team and then treating their team as their minions. Yeah, they're never going to get someone that's going to love it as much as you do or care about it. But if you empower them and take their jobs descriptions and get, get out of their way, find my viewpoint on is find somebody who does the job really, really well and get out of their way and let them take ownership yeah. of it. And that's my yeah. big thing here, even at Risa HQ. It's like when we're hiring, we're looking to hire some more people now as well. And it's like, listen, what I'm looking for, I need to bring somebody in. I need to get them trained. And I need that person to own this project, to own it and yeah. take it and grow it. Like, what are your ideas for it? This is, you know, our viewpoint of it, but how to get there might be different. What are your viewpoints on that? And just kind of get out of their way and let them do their jobs. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to, if you invest in them, if you show them that you genuinely care about them and they're not just an expense on the bottom of your balance sheet, they're going to feel like they are a part of the team and they are going to take pride in it. And there's a lot of bad companies out there to work for. Don't be one of them. Right. Be one of the good ones and you'll get rewarded for it. I know, um, you know, Shell and I were talking earlier about I've hired a marketing person, for example, and like in-house, I've been doing all the, all my own marketing for years, literally 14 years in business. I'm the only person basically that has touched the marketing with the exception of like, I've tried getting some team members to help me with some things and they end up a little off brand, but okay, well, it's good enough. It's something that doesn't do what I want it to do because I don't have the time to think of the whole strategy. And anyway, so when you start feeling that kind of overwhelm about something in the business and you know it can be done better and you feel like there's the hours there for it, outsource it. Again, whether you're hiring or not. Uh, so in my case, I brought someone in-house. I want this girl to just own the whole marketing division. And we've started her off with the title with the idea that we're going to hire someone else, take over her job, and she's going to move up. But one of the things that you're going to find the most amazing when you start hiring these people and you start training them and you're thinking like, oh, I got to train them. They got, they got to be able to do things my way. And I, they, they really need to understand how I like things done. So yeah, I've, absolutely. You have to express all of that. But then exactly what you said, Shell, allow them their runway, allow them to run with it because I will bring up like, listen, I got these kind of ideas, you know, and she's like, oh yeah. And then she, she'll add an idea like, well, what if we did this? Like, and that's why I hired you. Like I got too stuck on, I don't have the bandwidth to think as creatively as I need to about some of our marketing strategies and goals. I know what I want to accomplish, but I don't necessarily know how to get us there. I have some of the basic messaging, but again, I don't know the tools and she's all about like, oh, this is where we should put this. And this is where we should put that and thinking more of the big picture. And we're now getting that more consistent branding message out there and ensuring that we are bringing in the right people and retaining the right people as clients, which is amazing. So yeah, it's, it's wonderful when you can you can hire your team to do what you need them to do. And also, can I also just say this? Uh, I did mention I've been in business for 14 years. Never compare yourself to someone who's been in business a multitude of years longer than you have. Because you have advantages being new in that you're not stuck in old ways. You're not overwhelmed by, and bogged down by some of the extra things that they have. But don't get intimidated by how many employees someone has or how many jobs they're doing. The fact that I've been in your, so if you're thinking like, oh, should I have a marketing person? I, again, I've been in business 14 years now. That's one of the directions that I decided to outsource. Um, and by outsource, I mean like it's in-house, but it's you know off my plate. 
but you might find that there's something else of value that you'd rather give up and you'd rather hang on to the marketing. So think about that. This is a big part of, again, what we'll deal with in the session is you got to figure out what your, what your role is in the, in the team. And we've determined that my role in my company is to be big picture growth and vision focused. And that means developing the team the way that we need to and knowing where we're spending our money and what we're working towards and reining in team members at times, if they're getting too far off course of what our ultimate goals are, but otherwise letting them run and do their jobs. And so if you find that maybe your job is to be the face of the company and is to do the marketing, then hang on to that part of it. Hire someone else, do the other stuff. But that's a key as well to growth is you have to understand who do you want to be? I knew this was where I wanted to take the company. I knew this was who I wanted to be in the company. I've only been moving into this role in the last two years. Two years ago, I was still staging properties. Now, I love watching my team. We did four properties the one day and I'm like, I didn't lift a finger for this. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. So I know in your yeah. session, you're going to cover a lot of things um, that are processed. Because like you said, humans are humans. You can give everybody the script. You can give them the outline, the guidelines, whatever we want to refer to them. But ultimately, when you're looking to hire people, mm -hmm. let's talk about gut instinct for a minute. Um, that play into the hiring process? It doesn't, it doesn't. Um, your gut only has value if you can back it up. So here's what I mean by that. It doesn't mean you have to hire the person with the most skills. You can hire the person with the most potential. But there are a lot of hiring tools out there to ensure that you're still getting the right person. One of the, so it... it Talking about process, I'm all about my process. So it starts with the job description. Don't fool anyone into thinking the job is something it's not. And I'll admit that I actually recently completely revamped all of our job descriptions uh, or job postings based on some training that I had taken that gave a really fun and creative way to do a job posting that I have had much better success with. And I was already having pretty good success with what I was doing. So never be afraid to tweak things as you go too. So the job posting is very like down to the bones. I'm gonna be real with you. This is what the job is. This is what the job isn't. None of the fancy language, none of the fluff stuff and relate it to real life circumstances. So instead of saying like, you will be analyzing client accounts. No, no, here's what you're gonna say. I'm gonna send you into a client's house and here's what you're gonna do when you're there be very specific and real and give them a real picture of what things look like. Then in that job description, test them for whatever you think is important. And maybe it means, maybe you care about what kind of personality they have, have them send you a video. Maybe you care about their attention to detail. So one of the things that I did is at the bottom of my posting, it said, if you think you're the best person for this job. I've put a little hidden test in here because I want to make sure we're getting the right person. Now, everyone says they're detail oriented, but I want to make sure I get someone who actually is. When you send in your email, you email your resume in, I want you to give me the subject heading of the stop or the search is over. I'm the perfect fit for your company. And anyone who didn't have that got eliminated because I only wanted the person who's paying attention, right? So, so the job description can weed out a lot of people. Then you get to the interviews and, and uh, you know, there's obviously like evaluating the resumes and everything else, but then you get to the interviews asking the right questions. So for example, when it comes to hiring a stager, again, I'm very detail oriented. I need to know a stager is not going to miss any details along the way. One of the things that we pride ourselves on in our brand promise is seamless execution. It's a high standard. So they need to be able to make sure they're not missing a single step along the way. So what I asked them in their interview is I say to them, listen, you know, we've got a staging job. Uh, we had to buy a coffee table at the very last minute. We've brought it to the site, but it's still in its box. Tell me how you would assemble that coffee table. Walk me through it. And I've painted a picture for them. They can visualize this coffee table is in a box and they're going to take it out of the box and they're going to walk me through how they do it. Well, if they say to me, um, I'm going to take it out of the box and I'm going to, you know, make sure the pieces fit together and I'm going to, you know, start assembling. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to read the instructions. I'm going to make sure all the parts are there first too. Yeah. I'll make sure all the parts are there and they're kind of jumping all over the place. They're not going to be able to follow a process or a system. Whereas if they're like, I'm going to open up the box very gently, make sure that there's a soft surface that I can put everything down on account for all the parts, read through the instructions. Then I will start at step one and make sure I don't miss anything. And then once the table's assembled, I'm going to get rid of the, all the cardboard. I'm going to wipe down the table. I'm going to throw a nice little plant on it. That's the person I want to hire. So they think I've just asked them to describe to me how to assemble a coffee table. 
but instead I've put in, so don't ask them, are you detail oriented? Or don't even ask them, give me an example of how you're detail oriented. Instead, test them on it. So if you go through all of these tests, and there's more obviously that, you know, there's only so much I can, I don't want to give all the session away here. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, so you go through all these, so you go through all of these tests and you get narrowed down to your final candidates. I recommend doing um, certain assessments, personality assessments. And again, I'm not going to get too far into the details here, but you do personality ass- assessments, um, behavior assessments to make sure that they're, they've got the skills that, they, that you think they do as well. And I usually do this with my final two or three ca- candidates. And then this is where your gut now comes in. Because if you've done everything right all along the way, you're going to have two or three fantastic candidates that are essentially equal across the board. And that's when your gut can play it, play in like there's, and that, that gut doesn't have to say they know the most, or like, for example, I hired a marketing person who has no idea how to edit videos. That's okay. She doesn't have to know how to edit videos. It's not about the specific skills she brings. I will teach her the things that she doesn't know how to do. I needed to know that she's capable of learning those things and that she's eager to learn those things and that she's got the creative eye that I need for the role that I'm hiring for. So it doesn't have to be down to the nuts and bolts of like, they have to be able to do this, 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 and this. You can put those lists out there, um, but chances of finding a, a human that actually fits into every single, you know, your perfect person is not realistic most of the time. And so this is where your gut needs to come in sometimes that even if they don't have the skills, do they have what it takes to do the job? Yeah. And skill sets are different than, because you can apply a skill set to many different types of skills. So you might have a skill set, yeah. but not know how to, to do uh, editing on videos, but with your skill sets, you know that you're going to be able to learn how to do that quickly and it won't exactly. be Because you can always If she was like, I'm afraid of computers. That, that might be a different, different conversation. Yeah, a different conversation. That is for sure. Yeah. I know that um, hiring people, it is one of those tasks that we do, you know, in your businesses that I think, I don't know that anybody loves doing it. Um, it is definitely one thing. Like for us, we had a goal to hire three new people in November. It is now April. It is now April. Now, what I will tell you is that obviously there's always things that come up and sometimes it's a legitimate reason why, you know what, something else has gone on. Let's just put this on a shelf right now. We can't take any more on. That's one thing, but sometimes you're in a perpetual of, we can't take anything on, which we were in before. Now we're almost, we're ready. We're fixing to get ready and it's going to happen. But now that we've put the ads out and everything, now it's going through, I mean, and thousands and thousands of resumes. And it's like, do we have one that, we want to look, we haven't found one that we've said, you know, let's do this. Um, and we are very heavy on the job descriptions. Gina is that detail oriented person where I am not. Um, yep. so he's got them all down and that's, it's true too, making sure that you have a good job description. And even once you get them hired and on the team, I know here at Risa, we change the job descriptions every year we go through what's going well, what's not going well, what do we want to yeah. do differently? Is there anything in your job that you want off your plate? Does anybody else want that job? We just ask first, because sometimes it's like, I'll take it and yeah. okay, I'll give it to you. And then it's, you know, it, it, where else is it that you want to go within your position? Do you have any ideas or anything else that you want to work on? Maybe you can scoot something back over to this person. And like you called it earlier, rebalancing, um, mm-hmm. you know, rebalancing your team. So we, we do that as well, juggle things around. And then always go back into your job descriptions in your SOPs and you should all have them. um, And Mm -hmm. that way it's ready for you next time. Well, exactly. And I think, you know, the key is definitely to being patient. Uh, We just went through it recently with one of our most recent hires. He starts in a few weeks, uh, but we are uh, expanding our company yet again and adding um, an in-house contractor to our team. And that's a hard job to hire for. It's, it, we're not just looking for a general laborer. We're looking for someone who can do the proposals, who can run the whole division, has their own tools, has the skill set. And right now in our area, the construction industry is booming and it is near impossible to find workers. And I was getting trickles of resumes and I'm looking at them like, they don't have anything I'm looking for. And I mean, trickles of resumes. And we, I think we post the job a couple of months ago. It takes the time that it takes to go through. If you're, if you, if you put the job posting out there, you're like, listen, I didn't get anything that, that hit, then don't settle. Keep yeah. going. No, Keep not going. looking for a warm body. You're not looking for a warm body. You're not solving anything with that. And the other thing that I should really be pointing out here too, and when it comes to building your team, we're talking a lot about the hiring part of it right now. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. 
building your team is not just about the hiring part of it. It's not done once they're hired. Yep. You've got to be able to, you know, I hear people saying like, oh, I don't want to manage anybody. I'm not a good manager. Well, then let's get you the skills that you need to be a good manager because those are easy skills to learn. Um, I know <laughs> earlier today I was telling Michelle, I'm like, oh, I got a great book for you. I'm going to send you this book, uh, this book title. We're constantly sharing book ideas back and forth. I'm a huge advocate of how much you can learn from books. If books are not your way of going, find a training course, you know, if, if you need more accountability, whatever it takes, but there are podcasts out there. There's so many opportunities nowadays that to me, there's no excuse for not having uh, more knowledge than what you have. We should always be expanding our knowledge. And I personally do audiobooks. I listen to them uh, back in the days that I used to do more of the staging and I did prep work. I loved listening to audiobooks while I prepped. I listen to them when I'm driving. I listen to them when I'm cooking dinner, when I'm getting ready in the morning, when I go for a walk, you name it, I'm listening to an audiobook. I am crushing easily a book a week. That's how like, wow. it, I am. Yeah. I love my audiobooks. So I don't pretend to have all the answers. Anyone who's, who thinks that I'm just this magical genius that's just figured all these things out. No, I listen to people who are really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and I take the lessons from them. Yeah, the key, it, it's so funny. It's not funny, haha, funny, but ironic kind of funny. It's like, man, the secret to be successful, find people that are successful and do what they do. Right? It, Zig Ziglar used to say that. <laughs> Zig Ziglar used to yeah. say that. And, and Gloria Mayfield Bank said something similar yesterday. Um, yeah. And uh, it's so true. It's just, let's find somebody who's doing it well and let's take what they're doing and apply it to what you need to do. And you can always tweak yeah. things a little bit, but it's it's not that- Oh difficult. yeah, you're gonna make it your own. And I'm not saying oh, that yeah. I I haven't cracked some codes along the way. There are some things that I figured out that are you know kind of brand new ideas to me. Of course they are, but not everything I have is a brand new idea. I would also just like to say a little plug for Zig Ziglar. If you have an Audible membership, you get all of Zig Ziglar's books for free. Get out. Are you mm -hmm. serious? First I just all, discovered it. I'm pretty sure I've read all of his books, but I'm not going to lie. When I first got my first real job out of high school. So I started working when I was 16 years old for a telemarketing firm. And by the time I was 17, I was a supervisor of their phone room. And I'm talking, I am so old that we had 17. dial phones. Like I, I, I saw a dial phone oh, yeah. restore and my daughter and my granddaughter went, what is that? And I'm like, show me how you use it. And she can't, no, none of the little kids can figure so out. They try to press. Phone. Yeah. It, 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 and so it was a dial phone with a little bitty uh, telephone with paper in front of you with a tick sheet, one, two, three, four, cross out number five and your ashtray for your smokes, because that's when people smoked at their desks at work. Yep. That's how long yep. the phone was. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So after that, and I went to work when my son was about two years old, I went to work for a collection agency that collected on defaulted guaranteed student loans. Um, so I was the bad person that called you and made you pay your bills. Nobody liked me. It was a great job though. And we went in there, the, um, owner of the company was very goal oriented and the whole bit. And I was new, you know, green to this, but he turned us, we used to, he used to pull everybody out um, for 30 or 40 minutes, 45 minutes every Friday. And we'd go into the lunchroom, oh my God, VHS tapes. Oh, before digital. Um, no, wait, yep. before CD, before DVDs, DVDs um, yep. right after beta VHS people, for yes. everybody else doesn't know what they are. Stick them into this machine. It was called a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> we, all my stories are so old I have to explain them but he'd stick them in the VCR we would watch it and I remember being absolutely captivated first of all by Zig's voice and he is an incredible storyteller and um his book see you at the top I remember I remember I went up to this guy mm. after lunch and I said you know I'm so, so sorry Mr. Tracy I'll say his name Mr. Tracy um, could you tell me again what that book was? And he looked at me, looked down on me and he goes, I could tell you, but you'll never read it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so it would see you at the top. See you at the top. One of the best, yeah. easiest reads ever makes so much sense. And one of the things that I got out of that, um, Zig Ziglar tells a story about a mayonnaise jar and fleas and it, it equates to people's expectations so, and I use this in my professional life and I'll just tell everybody what it is because it's, it's, it's about your employees and, and setting mm -hmm. high expectations for them. So you put these fleas in a mayonnaise jar and you put the lid on it. The fleas jump up and down to where the lid is. 
and they don't go out. Keep doing it. They just keep doing it. Then you take the lid off the jar and they go the same height because they don't know they can't jump out. And these are expectations on people that employers or we all put on ourselves and you get people into a system, whatever system they're in, and they don't know what they can't do. You know what I mean? And so it's like when I took this into my my real life, because I worked in collection agencies, I became a private investigator. And every time we bring new collectors on, um, we put them, this is really bad. We put them, oh, I got to tell a story. We put them on something called the FU files, which means oh, yeah, yeah. the dead files. The Chances dead files of closing them. Yeah. Every collector has picked over them. They're skips. You can't find the people anywhere. The FU files. And we give them yeah. to them and say, listen, I loved you in the interview. And I really want to put you off to a really good start. So I'm going to give you some really nice paper to collect. And these are things that people, you know, have just not picked up on stuff. And I think you're going to do great. And then they collect the crap out of it because they didn't know they yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. They the expectation was it said like, yeah. Yeah. If you say to them like, listen, I'm not really expecting much out of this. Like these are kind of dead files. Then they're going to go into it with the attitude. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get. You get what you, what you put into in those expectations that, yeah, there's, you know, there's something to be said for mindset. I remember years ago and Shell, when we first, when you and I first like really met um, and really got to talk and I remember talking about mindset and it was something that kind of eluded me as a topic. It was something that I, I saw a lot of business coaches. It was when the, that word mindset was really becoming a bit of a buzz term yeah. and I didn't get it. I honestly just didn't get it. And it's because I always believed I could in everything that I've done. Oh, so I didn't understand that that wasn't natural, that yeah. you needed to like everybody have everybody else that, didn't think that way. Right. I didn't realize that was a mindset yeah. that I had. And it's not to say that I haven't had blocks in my mindset over the years and, uh, or self doubt. Of course I have self doubt. There is, if you are, if you don't have self doubt, you are not taking enough risks. You are not pushing yourself hard enough because you have to have those moments of, do I even know what I'm doing? (laughs) Am I really qualified to be doing this? Should I be doing this? If you don't have those moments, then how can you propel yourself forward? To me, those self-doubt moments are what you need to wrap your head around like, yeah, yeah, no, I I got this. And to grow. Yeah. And to grow. And if you are having those self-doubt moments, you're like, I really don't know if I can do this. Well, then maybe you've got a knowledge gap that you need to go and fill. Um, one of my most recent books was The Power of Habit. I don't know why it took me so long to read it, but uh, great book. And it talks about in order for something to become a habit, there's certain things that need to take place. And people talk about like, yep, you need to, you know, um, figure out what the cue is, like what, what normally triggers you to do the bad thing. If you want to change a bad habit, for example, and then find a replacement for it. And these are kind of things that like most people know, sure, I get bored, therefore I eat. I just need to figure out next time I'm bored, acknowledge it and find something else to do. Those, that all makes sense. But what this book talks about is it takes it to what, what really makes a habit a habit is the craving. So I was talking earlier about how I run and I, I've been in the habit of running for a while now, but I've been in and out of it for years. I don't see myself ever getting out of this habit now because now I crave it. Even on the days where I don't want to run, I crave it. I need the run. And so for me personally, I crave books. So when I was saying earlier, how I am devouring like a book a week, that might seem insane to someone else, but to me, it's just a part of my habit because I just crave it so much. So if you find that you, you are not filling in those knowledge gaps or you're not pushing yourself to the next level, you need to start creating a habit for yourself. And to get to that habit, you really need to get it to the point where it's actually a craving for you. So you need to want something bad enough to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and prioritizing things, because what's interesting is like, when I hear you say, I'm blowing through a, a book a week, I'm sitting there going, how the hell does she have time to do that? Well, because right, we both know I don't have a lot of time on my hands. Yes. You don't have a lot of time. And then I compare it to my time going, thinking to myself, I couldn't, how could I possibly free up so much time to do one a week? And right. then I'm thinking, okay, because I know my business coach and me going, if you prioritized it, you'd find it because right. if it's important to me, if I'm craving that knowledge or I want to get through a book because I have audiobooks, Okay. And so I like the audiobook If I can 
if I can handle the person's voice, they're fantastic. Agreed. A narrator can make or break a book. Make or break 100%. a hundred um, percent. Yeah. I've had a hard time getting through the white fragility. Um, I've gotten about yes. a quarter of the way through and it, I just can't jam with the voice. She's, she's hard. Yeah. It, it's a fantastic book. Fantastic. So I'm getting the, right. the, the regular book and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm committing to reading yeah. it. Um, so that's yeah. one thing that I will end up getting done. But on the same note, it's like when I'm looking at what, what is it that I'm doing in my life? Okay. you got an hour worth of barn chores in the morning. Then you go to work at Risa from eight to five. And then from five to six or six 30, depending on you know, the night you've got an hour and a half of barn chores again. Then after that, what do you do? You come in, you have to take a shower, then you have to eat. By that time, it's seven or eight o'clock at night. So now are you just kind of relaxing, going to bed? So that hour of time to go through a book, if I didn't, if I didn't TikTok for two or three hours a night, look how much time There's I have time. To, look at that. to read well, a even book. To take, to take it back though, all those things that you were talking about that you're doing throughout the day, are there opportunities in those things that you're doing to be listening to have it to going a book. in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a thing too, like when I'm in the barn, I turn on the music. So I'm listening to music while I'm in the barn, trying to get everything done. And right. so with that, I could easily, I could easily do the book and, and listen right. to an audio book on the way. And there are right. definitely times here before we got on, I um, had started, I just got this book called white rage. And uh, so I just downloaded it to this afternoon on Audible. And so I was started the listening, of, you know, right before we jumped on and I was like, darn it, I got to go already. So I had to turn it yeah. off, but I will get back to it. Um, but it's all about the priorities. So people do have the time in the world. I mean, look at big multimillionaires, look at Oprah Winfrey, look at Warren Buffett. Everybody's got 24 hours in our day. Obviously they probably have bigger teams than you and I have. Um, however, Everybody has 24 hours in the day and it's what we decide to focus on is, is, is going to determine the direction that we take and, and that we end up with. Yeah. And I mean, this is not a plug for audiobooks specifically. This is again, going back to like taking, making the priority for things and to bring it back to Risacon as an example, you know, I've heard people that, um, that say that, oh, I'm not going to Risacon. I don't really think I'm going to learn anything there. Or, oh, um, gosh. I watched that session last year or, you no, know, it, I, it wasn't there last I, year. because right, exactly. You know, like it's, or I, I heard someone else speak on that. Well, th this person's going to have something different, different perspective. Yeah. You don't think, or just in general, like, well, I can't afford it or I can't find the time. Again, it goes back to what you prioritize. I get so much out of Risacon and some of it is not just from the sessions. This is the other thing. I know that some people this year are debating like, well, do I just buy the sessions, the recordings, or do I go? And I understand there's a lot of different factors that play into the travel aspect and everything else, but I cannot stress this enough. You don't get what you get out of going by not going. It's that simple. You don't get the chance to get to meet some of the top industry influencers that are happy to have a conversation with you that want to have a, have a drink or a cup of tea with you, or, uh, you know, are, are speaking at the sessions are like my table conversations, just sitting around having lunch are, are groundbreaking. Yes. Yeah. So the value isn't just in the sessions themselves. And for anyone who thinks you're going to go to Risacon and you're going to go and gamble at night or something like that, don't do it. Stay at the resort. Because again, that's where you're, the learning doesn't stop. It's all about being completely immersive, that immersive part of it. Anyone, I know you're a Tony Robbins fan. That's big part of what all of his teachings are very, they're immersive. You cannot get that value unless you are immersing yourself in it. And if you are someone like, let's say you took your certification training, I hope you did, but you know, so let's say you took your certification training and they're like, cool, I'm all done learning now. You're going to, yeah. you're going to stagnate yourself. Like there's only so far that you can go. You have other things to learn. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. Shell doesn't know everything. You need these events. And to me, the more you can immerse yourself in the home staging industry and understand the staging principles and standards, doesn't mean you have to do all of them. You can pick and choose what you want your business to look like. This is not about trying to, you know, herd a bunch of sheep into doing all the same things but it's good for you to know what the industry standards are. So you know how to benchmark yourself against it yeah. if you are going to do something different. And that's key. And it's key to notice and to celebrate 
other people's way of doing it. So you can learn yeah. so much from so many people's business models. And even people, let's say you have people that, uh, two different people that say, I only do occupied. The way they do occupied could be completely yeah. different. How they, exactly. their, their geographics can come into play. Their structure and the, the admin side of their business can be different. There's so many things that you can grab little nuggets of information that can literally change the way that you do your business. And it Absolutely. is so nice just to have the camaraderie and to be back in, in person. Oh. And I cannot, the, the one thing that when we, we survey all the time, people, uh, you know, we're always doing a survey, trying to get information out to mm -hmm. the industry. And we really appreciate people taking the surveys because we have so many people that ask us about things and we put a survey out and it's like, oh, you didn't get a lot of responses. Well, I can't do a report. You always ask for a report, but I can't do it if you don't do the survey. Mm -hmm. uh, Good. I did not disconnect everybody. I was like, oh, that was a bad move for my pinky got out of control over there. <laughs> um, but at any rate, um, it is, we survey people. And one of the things that we've heard is that I wish I would have went to Risa Khan. And it's usually like people within the range of three and four, because mm. people, people have been in business longer, have been to Risa Khan and keep going to Risa Khan. And, but something about newer people that are near three to four that said, I just went in three to four. I wish I would have went in one, two, three, and four and continue to go. Right. You know, right. how to get in it sooner and get it done. Um, it's definitely well worth it. It is. Um, we're excited about At every level, getting yeah, every level of person and and uh, again, that camaraderie and the things that you can just get. Yeah. It's one thing we see each other on social media and whatnot. And I'm sure there's a lots of people that said, hey, let's jump on a Zoom call and really meet each other to really do it physically in person. Um, and then again, have that full immersion. And it's important too. And we did choose the Hilton this year, make it a resort. We, you know, we listen to the feedback. We, we really want to get to a good resort and stay. Shampoo, rinse, repeat. That is the best way to do an event. Mm -hmm. Um, so we knew we were at Treasure Island for eight years. We grew out of that venue. They're just not yep. a, big enough to hold us anymore. The M Resort is the ideal location for us to have it. It's not far from Stunning. the trip. Yeah. It does have a little bit of a, a, of a casino area. Everything worked well. The rooms were great. Um, the food was amazing, um, but they were booked this year. So we've gone out to the Hilton at Lake Las Vegas. So it, it is a resort community and there's no casino there. So if you're wanting to go to the casino, you're literally going to have to go to the strip to do it. But then think about that when you're doing full immersion, if you're out at yeah. night and you're out and you're drinking and you're gambling and you're getting back until two or three in the morning, you are dragging it the next day. Exactly. And, and there's restaurants and such at the resort to go to. So if you need the casino um, or just want more of the strip type experience, then go a couple of days in advance or yeah. stay a couple of days later. Also, if you're attending market, of course, and I know yeah. not to give extra plugs here, but when you, when you attend market, I stayed on Fremont street the last time that I went to market. And I mean, that is talk about an immersive experience in the casino life uh, because after market closes for the day, often you're hanging out with some of the suppliers, there's different, you know, activities and stuff going on and you get that kind of experience through that. So uh, if you think you're missing out on it while you're at Resacon, I always kind of look at it as uh, it's not what I'm missing out on. It's what I'm gaining. Yeah. And I really feel like, again, that immersive experience, you just gain so much. And listen, if you think you just don't have anything else to learn, then you should probably apply to speak at the next Resacon because clearly we've got some things we can learn from you. There you go. I'm all about that. We're always looking for great speakers. That is for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, every year we do a good job with the team of putting together a really well-balanced um comprehensive subject matter. I mean, this year we've got profitability, leadership, HR issues, niche businesses, um, business concepts, skills, diversity, inclusion, and profitability, um, diversity, inclusion, and equity, and inclusion, uh, risk management, insurance, technology, again, more HR. Um, we've mm -hmm. got several attorneys speaking this year on different subject matters. We've got QuickBooks expert is actually a uh, uh, profit, profit first. first. Um, we love Mike Michalowicz years ago. He came yep. in and he's profit first. So she's coming. We actually did a survey for her, which we did get a lot of feedback from. Thank you very much. Because people were like, oh, no, I'm taking the survey on QuickBooks because I got stuff I don't even know. <laughs> so she literally yeah. took everything from the survey and is building a um, presentation about oh, Amazing. Well. Named Sylvia. Love her. She's from uh, Southern California. So she's going to be great. Oh, love it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've yeah, got and I mean, stuff. even just like these side conversations of, you know, if someone's like, I don't know what profit first is. Well, you know, that's again, like that's a conversation that ha talking to other industry professionals, whether in your own industry or other industries, you learn about these different concepts and profit first. I do practice profit first myself. And uh, Mike McCallowitz is amazing. He's he is one of the most genuine people he I've is. ever met. Like he is exactly who he appears to be. 
there's no disingenuous, like there's nothing disingenuous about him at all. Um, he really, his whole mission, as he puts it, is to end entrepreneurial pro- poverty. And so, uh, yes, that's a good that's, one. That's literally what his what he says his mission in life is is to end entrepreneurial poverty. So um, I'm in a program with him. I think I mentioned earlier to to you. I think I don't know if we're off this call, but yeah. So I'm in a program with him right now, and he's just um, he's so committed. His focus is so clear. And if you can be that clear in your business as to what it is you're looking to achieve, and don't tell me you're looking to make homes pretty because just go away if you are. (laughs) That's not what we're doing. So be clear on what it is you're trying to do. Hire the team that you need to hire to support you in that and always be thinking big picture. And if you want to know more about how to actually do it all, come to my session. Yeah, I'm going to share. I have a lot of stuff to share and it's, and I, it's all things that I can tell you. I have firsthand knowledge of, I have built a successful team. I have made several failures along the way. I've made tons of mistakes. I'm going to share with you, but I've learned from them and corrected them. And the results are incredible. Uh, So I'm going to show you all the things that I've learned along the way and give you some tips. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. We're at the end of our time, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to meet with me. We will have to meet again for some uh, chicken pesto sandwich and a hummus and pepper sandwich. And uh, we'll have to do that again soon for everybody else. This has been the amazing Shauna Lynn Simon. Uh, Tell everybody your website addresses. If they're looking for staging education, what website do they go to? Yeah, so we offer both uh, certification and continuing education courses, and you can go to styledlistedsold.com and check it all out there. Awesome. And if you are a real estate agent in the Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario um, area, what is your website for your staging and design services? Yeah. It's beyondthestagehomes.com and uh, also check it out. We have a, we offer the Risa Staging to Sell course, uh, which is a designation course where you can become a certified staging advocate. So check it out and find out where the next course is. Yes, absolutely. All right, everybody else, get to RisaCon is the point <laughs> because you're going to learn how to grow your team, uh, do it correctly and avoid... Um, doing something where the results are not what you desire which is often referred to avoid the headaches the expenses all those things yeah absolutely absolutely so risaconvention.com and there's still time to enter the home staging industry awards until next time everybody happy staging and see you in vegas bye everybody bye